The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. I was supposed to get my nose poked yesterday, dude. And I Sounds didn't. dirty. <laughs> but I didn't. No? Um, no. I, so I made an appointment at CVS to you know go through the drive-thru and do the whole... I know how this story ends. Do your own thing. Do you? Uh, they called you right before you got there and their system was down. No. Oh, that would have been fun. No, oh, yeah. Actually, Super fun. Happened, <laughs> trust me. Ha- it's happened twice. What happened is, is I was recording yesterday. Uh, Anthony and I were recording uh, an, uh, an episode of a new series we're going to be doing. Um, and it's like 1045 and the pharmacy. So where I live, uh, just it's literally like three and a half minutes from me. There's this roundabout with walgreens cvs rite aid like any pharmacy you need's right there mm-hmm. in that little roundabout so i'm like i could literally leave here at 10 55 and still get there by 11 i'm good 10 50 comes i start getting my stuff ready start warming the car up because it was it was really it's buffalo cold. Yeah. yeah uh so i was warming the car up uh getting in the car at 10 57 i'm like cool no worries get to the roundabout pull into the walgreens drive through and i'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, what happened to the little box that when you're done doing what you got to do, you, you, you drop it in the thing there. Right. And I'm looking at the people in there waiting for somebody to come to the window and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have the right Walgreens. Right. So I pull up my app. I look at the, I literally look at where it says I'm scheduled to be. And, and all I'm looking at is the address. Right. So I'm like, Oh shit, it's the wrong yeah, address. Wrong store. Also I get home. And as I'm pulling into the driveway, I'm just like, wait, it was also the wrong store. Smooth. So annoyed. But their, their their thing is like, if you're not there like 15 minutes early or by 11, that they cancel your appointment. You know, really? They just do. Yeah, it'll be canceled and whoever's next is next or whatever it is. So I didn't even bother to go try to do it. I have to just reschedule. But man, <laughs> I'm just like sitting in this drive through waiting and waiting. Look at literally pulling up the app, not even know, like realizing I'm pulling up the CVS My Cares app or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. And uh, yeah, that, that that was my day yesterday. Luckily, we don't have a Walgreens as close as the CVS. Yeah. Also, Walgreens, as far as I know, they don't do the you do it yourself nose test. Oh. That, that's the end of that story and sentence. <laughs> um, how about you, dude? How you been traveling around like a maniac? So I'm sure you're getting your nose poked. Uh well, luckily, like, so I only do it when I go for work because otherwise I'm in a very small circle, that a bubble, as people like to call it, a sphere yeah. of uh, a sphere, if you will, a medical sphere. 
and uh, I went to Chicago at the end of no, it was at the middle of January. Mm-hmm. And as we're recording this, mm-hmm. home back Thursday because we got to move the mother-in-law. We packed most of her stuff up. Now we have to act, go through the process of transporting it. Guess who Fun. gets to do that part? <laughs> the packing and the transport. Yes. From Chicago across the mean streets of the interstates to North Carolina. What are you using? U-Haul? Just I am. Truck. I am. Uh, I was able to sweet talk this idea of uh, there's there's a uh, medium sized dog, probably the size of one of your dogs. Okay. And a little tiny dog, one of those uh, world's ugliest dogs, Chinese crested without hair. So it looks literally this dog looks like it's got like a comb over, a mohawk comb over <laughs> going on. I'm not kidding. Like just down the middle of its back, like from the top of its head down its back. It's oh, like God. because Chicago has been shut down. Like you can't go into anywhere to do anything. It's all take it and get the hell out of Dodge or wow. leave it on okay. the doorstep and get the hell out of here. And and, you know, so this dog, this ugly dog, as I like to refer to it, because that's what her mom refers to it as her ugly dog. Uh, he's sweet though, but he's an old man, and that's not even part of the story. But I said, "Hey, uh, me in a U-Haul is very uncomfortable because if you've ever been in a U-Haul, it's the front seat and it's wide and it's loud and it's hot or it's cold, and with two dogs that need to be pretty much metaphorically up my ass. How about we don't do that? How about the two of you drive separate?" with the dogs and I will take the U-Haul and somehow that was agreed to with no, nah. Oh man. You're going to have the, you're going to have nothing but podcasters playing, keeping you company. Uh, well, it's funny you say that Chris, because I have, um, I have actually filtered down what I, what I listen to mm-hmm. meaning the amount of podcasts. So you're like in 70 something now. Oh, I have 87 left to go. 87 <laughs> episodes. Good but Lord, like, dude, a lot of it is like, you know, some of the old Kevin Smith ones yeah, or yeah. like um, history creeps. I have a few, but I don't even pay attention to those. Nah, they're boring, so, you yeah. know, just for the number. Yep. Yep. Got no, to support. Got to support. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. Cool. So uh, you got in just in time to dive into the movie. We just, we just watched. Um, and here's the thing. So I had I hadn't seen this. Um, I don't remember seeing the trailer for it. But so many people have told me I need to see this, and that it was a Swedish film. Swedish film. Swedish film. So I thought we were jumping into you know uh, a foreign language film. Sort Such of. was not the case. I mean, yeah, there was pieces, but like the, it wasn't totally. So the movie we're discussing, guys, as you know, last week we said this week we're watching Midsummer. <laughs> I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? 
Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. Welcome and happy midsummer. School! What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. <laughs> How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. <sighs> what am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? I don't know why you invited us. That's why you look so guilty right now, because you know. We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. And, and I will tell you that your brother did semi-tip the hand on the Saturday night blockbuster, get the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> sub, uh, you know, sub offshoot that you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. It sounds, sounds like we're going to listen, watch this one anyway. So when I, when I watched it, yeah, when I watched it, I was, th- I, I didn't remember anything he said, to be honest. I really didn't remember a word he said about it. Um, and we're going to definitely get into it because uh, we both obviously hadn't seen this, so I would be—I was just kind of captivated from the beginning. You know what I mean? And it just—it it felt like one of these movies that I—I I just thought to myself, like I literally thought to myself, "Oh, here we go! Like this is going to be some kind of ride, right?" Especially with the way it opens. Uh, did not expect what I was getting. Did not expect to feel the way I was going to feel afterwards, and did not expect to think what I'd think the next day as well. So. Yeah, I'm really interested to get into this, dude. Like when you're watching it, what were you like? What was your just main thought as you're watching this film? What the hell <laughs> is Chris doing to my psyche? <laughs> like, what is going on here? What is this shit? I wish that's I'd have known what I was flower. getting into. You know, that's an interesting flower bed. Whoa, wowzers. <laughs> that's a neat sleeping bag. And fuck all that shit, this place. Let's burn the whole thing to the ground, not just that one building. Oh, God. Yeah, so um, let's get into the plot of this I want you to give a plot summary, and then I'm going to give a a plot summary, too. Because I think that yours is way different than mine. That's what I wanted. This is why I'm so interested to discuss this, because Aaron and I watched it together, right? Oh, and I bet she has an interesting thought on this movie she yeah I'll, I'll definitely discuss how what she thought about it as well but the, the the reason i was really kind of excited to discuss this is because i realized that with this it's film fucked. there's not just this kind it doesn't serve anything to you on a platter and just say hey this is what's happening follow along. it's not like a, a clear you know whatever and it really it the way people are going to perceive that you know how they feel about this is dependent on how they perceived it 
and like our perception. So I remember we were discussing it and we had two total, like we saw this movie two totally different ways, which was so like mind blowing to me. So then I was like, wow, I can't wait to hear how Sean saw this movie. So here's the plot, the way I see it. So we have this girl who is dealing with an unbelievably traumatic situation, right? She, 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 her, her sister is dealing with mental health issues and ends up, uh, you know, murdering her parents, their parents and committing suicide all in one. Um, so that's a big piece at the beginning of this film. When we get introduced to this girl, the other piece of it is, is we we're made aware of the fact that she has a boyfriend that she's been with that she, you know, for she feels that she's being too needy and that he's kind of pulling away and she's not sure how to read this. So we're watching this girl deal with all of this kind of trauma, but not the way she should. Like she doesn't get help. She doesn't do any of that. She's just kind of trying to deal with it herself. She's got a boyfriend that she needs. She needs something right now. She's kind of out there in the open water. So this girl's just kind of going through this stuff. The boyfriend we find who's hanging out with his friends, we find out, yeah, you know, he's kind of over this relationship. But he doesn't kind of, for lack of a better term, he doesn't have the balls to just say, look, I don't feel the same anymore. You know, he keeps kind of dancing around it and sugarcoating it. And every time he wants to kind of end it with her, he he pulls back. Um, he's planning on going to Sweden with his boys to go to uh, one of there, there's a uh, what do you call it? Uh, a student, an exchange student that's in the, mm -hmm. our country from Sweden that says, hey, come to our Midsummer Festival. It's this great festival. Come meet my family. We hear family. Right. So. But we also hear that he's got no parents. Exactly. Exactly. So you're thinking maybe it's this kind of adoptive family. Uh, you know, the, the boyfriends joining the friends because they're, 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 uh, they're students at the, at the university. They're um, sociology students. And they're, you know, one of them is going to write a thesis and wants to use this culture and this kind of festival and these the, the celebrations as, you know, a, a, a thesis project. Somehow, we don't really see it happen, but somehow... Uh, they have some sort of discussion, the, the boyfriend and the girlfriend, and she's now along for the ride. Friends are not happy about it, but it is what it is. They go to Sweden. They get there, and immediately you are in a different world. This is not America. This is, this is not the norm. This is not what you're nor used to, right? So the first thing we find out, they get there. They start having, you know, start using psychedelics, different kinds of drugs. Um, and he introduces them to this kind of weird absolutely off the wall kind of cultish family it is it's a cult it's a commune basically so this is all happening as you're watching all of these kind of interpersonal things all of this kind of tumultuous sh shit happening so there's so the plot basically is that this girl's going through shit they end up going to a different country getting sucked into a, a neo-pagan cult and the rituals of the pagan cult. And you're kind of left at the end trying to figure out how you feel about the entire thing and what it meant. That's basically like the plot of the film. And that's how I saw it. But how I, how I interpreted it is going to be different. Here's how I saw it after watching the movie. The Swedish foreign exchange or study abroad. I mean, that's whatever, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Uh, lures his three friends yes. and... Yes. Uh, and the one friend's girlfriend to basically a murderistic ritual uh, that happens 
in the countryside and no one every 90 years yeah yeah and there's no proof that it ever happened and oh and he also wants to break up the one friend with it because he wants his girl so for me that's definitely an underlying theme right that's there's there's so many different things happening here there's Um, a lot of subtext and and honestly there's a lot of that that happens once i realized that this was a written and directed by ari aster yeah same guy that did hereditary dude there's a lot of shit in that movie too dude so the, yeah, the plot to this film is very layered. There's so mm. many things happening here. Uh, but if you ask me, no, not even if you ask me, I was reading this and actually Aries talks about when he wrote this film um, that to him, this is a breakup movie. This is about a relationship falling apart, right? You could and, say that. And everything else that's <laughs> happening is, is kind of, they kind of get involved in, but what you're supposed to really focus on is the, the, the relationships. For me, I, I, I saw that, but I really felt like this was very much a commentary also in kind of like the American culture, right? Take us out of our comfort zone and put us somewhere else and see how it was like, of course, the Americans, the one that's going to piss on that tree and not care and be like, what, what, right? It was very kind of disruptive. This film made me feel completely uncomfortable for almost the entire time. And, you know, hereditary, right? hereditary has that same thing after watching this i thought to myself you know what this is the director that i'm going to look for now so every time i see his name attached i'm like oh i gotta see that um yeah dude the, the plot in this film was was it was it was a lot going on man there was the relationship piece and not just between her and him right there was this kind of like uncomfortableness and and constant tension between her and him but then You're there talking was, about danny uh, boyfriend and girlfriend yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's the uncomfortable relationship between Christian and Josh over one thinking like I'm academic. I'm the one who's doing this. You're just trying to ride my coattails. And you get the sense that there's been this competitiveness and maybe Josh looks down on Christian as almost like, like all you ever do is, is kind of swoop in and let everybody else do the work kind of a thing. You know what I mean? That only comes up about halfway through the movie yeah. when Christian starts to get seduced by this girl who really looks underage oh yeah but, definitely you know, spoiler she's naked in the movie so probably not underage no right yeah exactly but uh that, the insinuation we're gonna the insinuation come back to that later is, i believe the insinuation is because of what the ritual is so yeah so so we see these relationships happening we see the relationship in terms of her there's just a lot of ha- things happening that made me feel kind of like I don't know how to explain it, but if it's enough to make me wake up the next morning and keep thinking about it and really processing and trying to figure out a lot of the things I saw, it, it's, it's, it was, it's pretty impactful. So, you know, the plot, the way I'm saying it sounds convoluted, but it's straight. Like there's a lot of stuff happening, but you can follow it. It's not like it's fed to you, but you could follow what's happening. It's on front street, but it's also an interpretation thing because there is heavy drug use in this movie. Yes. And some of it is a little predatory in nature and you know uh imdb says this is a drama horror mystery and thriller that's quite a i would inter you know inter genre it's very it's very intertwined because it's dramatic because of the way it's shot yeah it's horror because well there's jump scares and what the hell was that yeah it's mystery because and thriller because like who's gonna die next and what the hell's going on a lot of times we're just still like kind of like what is happening until we finally get the idea of the of the ritual and why it happens well and right before that the dude in the in the the flower barn thing yeah 
I'm not signing up for any of that, by the way. Dude. That's just me. Yeah, so we have so for me, part of the plot is the relationships between these people. And that's what helps kind of build this kind of uncomfortableness where you don't even have a safety together now, right? Like you're already in an, an environment where you don't feel safe, where you should feel safe with the people that you know, and you don't have that because there's all this kind of whatever happening, which like kind of further isolates you in this moment for each of those characters. Mm-hmm. Then there is the main thing, the idea that this exchange student is a part of a cult that every 90 years they do these kinds of rituals to, to kind of, what, what is it called? To, it's, it's almost like the cycle, the, the, the seasons cycling, right? It's a um, neo-pagan thing that I, I, when I, when I was done watching, it, I started really reading behind where he got influenced by where he took a lot of his like, uh, you know, knowledge of, of Norse mythology and folklore and even the pagan rituals of those times and actually, you know, implemented a lot of it in the movie. Yeah, it's it, it's an every 90 year uh, thing. But the but what I found weird was that every they, they consider life to end at 72 because yeah. those are the every cycles. 18 years is four seasons is, is a season no different than the calendar year. So they consider 18 years to be mm-hmm. a season of your life ending at 72 by that wild scene. Yeah, dude, how intense, right? Well so that's what we too. find out. Like that's but, the yeah. cult. This cult has this weird kind of paganistic belief system that they've been kind of doing themselves as this commune in this remote area of Sweden. Right. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's the piece where, you know, he kind of lures them in because the idea is, is to avoid, you know, too much of an incestuous thing happening with all these people living together. They bring outsiders in to help procreate and, and create other children. So as to not, you know, create, offspring that are, are, are deformed or, or, or whatever the case is, you know, except they have to every so many years, once one dies, because this is what they consider their Oracle. They consider mm-hmm. somebody with these kind of deformities or, 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 you know, whatever you want to call that um, deficiencies. They referred to him as disabled in the movie, which I thought was handled pretty well. Okay. Yeah. You know, delicately, yeah. but it was only mentioned once. But they're oracles because they see clearly. They are not as clouded with the human judgment and human this and that. So, and and they basically take whatever these whatever these oracles write down as their law. Their laws are constantly changing or something like that. That's what I got out of this. Except the one that they had at this moment was just coloring all over the pages, just all these different well, colors. And here's what I found interesting about that: they colored it. They basically just painted all over, you know, the this these coloring these ancient uh, holy texts but then they said that the elders interpreted the paintings so it's like you're just going to write what you want anyway it's basically the patriarchy right it's that's basically what they were saying with that line is that it doesn't matter what even when they're saying it comes from god you know it's still the interpretation of the old men running the place Mm -hmm. um so that's a big kind of commentary there mud mixed with blood mixed with green from the you know you know yeah green colors from the the grass or because I mean, they're taking everything from nature which is also uh you know a non-american thing to do mm-hmm. exactly so um I i'm glad you i'm glad you you just you said immediately about the drug thing because again this is something you do see in cults when they're trying to start programming you and getting you to a place where you are accepting of what's happening they try to feed you you know psychedelics and, and all kinds of mind altering drugs um, you know, very made famous in the 60s and 70s when a lot of those things were happening out on the West Coast in California. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But that's what we see here upon immediately getting to Sweden, they kind of stop at the, you know, just before where this commune is. And there's a whole bunch of people out there to meet them uh, that are a part of, of Pele. I think his name was Pele's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, family, quote unquote family. And so they all start doing mushrooms. And so if you've never done psychedelics before, the idea behind psychedelics is you have to be in the right mind space, right? You have mm -hmm. to be positive. You have to be kind of in a place where things aren't really bothering you. You're not got, you don't have too much tumultuous things happening in your life. It's um, not a peer pressure thing either. No, you cannot. It's gotta be something that you just kind of want to do because if you feel like you have to do it, you know, any of these things, you're going to have a bad trip. And, um, that's immediately what happens. This girl ends up, you know, her, she's dealing with her parents and all this stuff. And somebody says something about a mother or a father or a family. Shermanator says that, cause that guy's basically yeah. <laughs> the Shermanator, <laughs> the, like the biggest dick bag on the, on the, in the movie, you knew he was going to get it at some oh, point. Yeah. Easily. Uh, he's basically just along for the ride and for the girls and yeah. um, Swedish girls. That's all he wants. The drugs yeah. and the girls. And and uh, he says, you guys are like, well, he's basically commanding everybody to do something on a trip. And it's like, shut up. You. Because eh, he muzzle. was already having a bad trip. He's just like, it's not okay. No, it's not. He's no, like, he wasn't having a bad why trip. Is it he daylight was making out? everyone. It's nighttime. He was <laughs> making everyone else have a bad trip. And he's like, you guys are like my family. You guys are my family. Okay. That's and he wouldn't was. stop talking. It's like, I, yeah. I, I, I have heard of people like you. Yeah. And um, please don't. Yeah. And, you know, more or less, that's when that triggers her to, yeah, you know, freak out. We see the flashback. Is it, is it then that we see the flashback of little flashes, little things yeah. here and there? Well, yeah. Because of her sister oh, sending yeah, that, yeah. that email yes. and then seeing like the cars running and the duct tape. Jesus, on the dude, how brutal, right? And like mm -hmm. how to. So another thing, and, and we'll definitely come back to the drug thing because I want to address one piece. But the one thing that I thought was uh, really well done about this was the cinematography, man. Mm -hmm. Just the his choice of, you know, this is definitely a, a paced movie. It's it's a, there's a lot of slow burn to it. It's two hours and 20 something minutes. Um, and many of those minutes, you know, are very long shots and kind of slow tracking shots. But it's done in a way where where it, it's it's definitely meant to build the tension. And when you're watching this scene play out as she's flashing back in slow motion, you know what's coming. Like, you know it's coming. You know you're going to see it get there. But it's like you can't look away as the camera's slowly taking you there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, that. And then when, like, when it finally zooms in and you see all the finer details, <sighs> like with the, the the funnel taped on and, like, all the, yep. the everything on her, on her shirt. And... Oh. Oof, man, yeah, that was dude. and just hmm. the lighting in the room, everything about it was super dark. You know what I, I mean? I did learn one thing from this scene that body bags have handles on both ends. <laughs> I didn't know that, huh? I, I um anyway, no so yeah, dude, she has this bad trip while she's on drugs. So I don't know, you know, and we're not gonna get into experiences with drugs, but you for me, I, I like when I see a movie when it has a a better kind of interpretation for what it's like to be under the influence, right? Mm -hmm. Because I felt like this one did it very well. There was a lot of visuals that were right, but then what was right also, and and I've been around people before who have you can see when somebody's starting to have a bad trip, they're trying their best to get back into control. This kind of like, come on, come on, knock it off. Everything's going to be, you know what I mean? When she was trying to really bring herself back after she was freaking out about her parents, um, she was doing this kind of really trying to ground herself and bring herself down from freaking out. Cause she was right on that verge, which I mean, 
when you're already getting there, you can't stop it. You're about to just have a freak out, right? Yeah, she was just trying to reset her mind so that it was, you know, yeah. it's like Homer Simpson. Think, think on sexy thoughts. Think on sexy thoughts. <laughs> and think that's happy like, thoughts. And that's like later on the boyfriend, you know, when he didn't want to take the, the, the psychedelic drink, uh, which I'm assuming was kind of like ayahuasca or something like that. He didn't want to. He didn't want to. But he was already in this bad mood and so foul. And then he did it with this kind of like contempt, this kind of spite mm-hmm. to it. And then you see him deal with that same emotion later. He's trying to like do this breathing thing, trying to calm himself, trying to center himself because he's freaking out. He is not having a good trip at all. Uh, well he didn't have a good vacation but at the same time like his body language was just he was hunched over and everyone else was sitting like perfectly upright and Mm -hmm. you know going back to the despair and he's the only one not wearing white at that point because things their friends have left let's just say that and uh you know so so it's it's very telling to like he stands out in a crowd because is he american is he just is his body not equipped to handle is he in a bad mood? I mean, there's so many different ways to interpret everything that happens in this movie as yeah. well. Like I said, there is, there's a whole lot of themes. There's the relationship theme. There's the cult theme. There's that thing happening. And then there's the commentary. I said that this is very much kind of like a visual and, and almost um, societal way of looking at Americans outside of their, their kind of comfort zone in America where they're dressed the way they are and you wouldn't blink twice. You know, they speak the way they do. You wouldn't blink twice. They act the way they do. You wouldn't blink twice. You bring them to Sweden in in a place where now everyone's dressed in white and they still wore their own clothes. Nobody like there wasn't any kind of here, wear this to be a part of us and hang out. Mm -hmm. So it's already, you're standing out, you know, you're standing out with the way you're acting. There's this brashness about you guys. You're literally sitting at tables where everybody's eating in in this kind of silence and you guys are bickering and talking and just being the loudmouths. you know what I mean? And it's almost kind of like i mean you're gonna see them get what they kind of deserve they gotta not that it's like hey you need to assimilate and be a part of a cult but it's that kind of understanding that the world is not just a revolve around you it's also very uncomfortable the way that they behave yes because you know somebody has to you know there's there's a there is a specific order in which to do things you don't eat until the person at the head of the table which changes every time they eat does a series of actions you know you mimic them or um you know you don't speak like you said or this or that yeah so there's there's a lot of uh a lot of tradition as well which which i i appreciate yeah it was um a lot going on in terms of themes and stuff but straight straight through i think the way you describe the plot is the most accurate basically these people get lured there to be a part of this cult and this ritual of a neo-pagan uh you know nordic uh religion um dude let's get into the acting now florence Pugh played danny the the main character who's who's you know the girl who's uh whose family was murdered murder suicide never seen her before except Mm -hmm. for i think i i she's supposed to be in that uh that wwe movie about Paige. I think she played oh, her. fighting with my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she plays her, but I, I never mm-hmm. saw the film, so I'd never seen this. But I thought she was good, dude. I, I really bought, you know, anytime somebody has to display grief and that kind of like soul-wrenching, heartbreaking grief, you know, and they can pull it off where you really feel like they're coming apart at the seams, she did a great job. So she's in a couple movies that I have heard of. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she's in Little Women, which apparently was a big movie in 2019. Hmm. Uh, there's a Father of the Bride movie that she's oh. in. Uh, nope, not the Steve Martin version, <laughs> I don't think. Um, she plays the new Black Widow in the Black Widow movie, uh, Yelena Belo- Belova. You really? Know, that okay. one that is in Perpetual Delay Hell. Okay. And yeah, no, I did not know that. That's pretty much all she's done. Oh, and she's in supposed to be in the Hawkeye uh, TV series as well. Oh, nice. That'll be good. She, I, I really enjoyed her performance. I think it was good. There was, a, you know, when it came time to to emote tension with the boyfriend, almost that kind of pleading with the boyfriend, this kind of uncomfortableness that does this make sense? Like nothing. She's trying to get her friend's attention. Like, why would he just leave without, you know, saying anything to anybody? Those that piece all the way to the point where, you know, the drug freak out, the, the, the state of bliss and reverie. Uh, and then all the way to the very end, that very last kind of lingering smile, dude. It, it was just like that was a creepy smile, by the way, that right. just crawled across her face. It was uh, it's it, it was and I want to I would definitely want to discuss that because I want to know what you think about the ending. But, dude, for her, uh, for me, yeah, I thought she was a, she was pretty solid. Yeah. And, and she can emote very well verbally with body language, her her emotions on her face mm-hmm. are, are also very um very telling and you know very uh there's a wide range uh, i think i would say for for her what do you think about that smile at the end so what was the what was the meaning behind all of that how did you take that so the funny thing is this whole movie every action that took place in this movie didn't have to happen if he had for the last year as he as his friend as the shermanator mark Mm -hmm. uh had had told us in the diner that if he had broken up with her because he was becoming more and more emotionally distant with her, none of this would have happened, at least to him. No. So for me, I took it that. But also I, I'm sorry. I was, it it was, I I don't know if it was, that was just a commentary. Uh, I took it that if, if um, there's so many ways to take it, was it that she was happy that he got his just desserts? Was she dealing with her PTSD in a different manner? Was she dealing with her emotions and now she's just fine with things? Or is she, did she win in the end, in air quotes? I see it as her having been fully indoctrinated now. She's part of that cult Mm -hmm. because Pele kept pushing it to her, dude. Like, I know how you feel. I lost my fan. This is what you need. They took me in. They comforted me. They care about me. And that's how cults take people, man. That's how they bring them in and brainwash them after the psychedelic trips. It's about, you have to understand we love you and want to take care of you. And that's all anybody really wants is somebody to love them and take care of them. So she has nothing else. She doesn't have a sister. She doesn't have brothers, you know, or, 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 or a mother and father. She doesn't have her friends anymore. You know, the boyfriend who was supposed to be her boyfriend, she caught, you know, you know, messing with the underage girl, impregnating the underage girl earlier. Like every single thing about what she knew to be her reality had been completely stripped of her now. And now she was in a place where once she purged him, she was in. She's a part of this now. Like she's she's fine. She's happy now. That's how I took it. And I was like, this is some disturbing fucked up shit. But that smile at the end, dude, was such a good, like I'm telling you, she was she was solid, dude. She was solid. Um, 
the guy who played Christian, Jack Rayner. What'd you think about him? Oh, this guy, the character. <laughs> let me say the character. Um, yeah, he is. As uh, let me quote George Takei, he is a douchebag. Yeah, no I mean, shit, dude. This whole movie made me realize that I don't know how to talk to people that are under twenty five. <laughs> I don't know how to relate to them and just their knee jerk reaction to everything and how they're okay. We're all, tw- if you're older than 20, if you're older than 25, you were all at one point you were this age. Yeah, we all were. We can, we can look back and cringe at ourselves. And yes. And you probably had, you probably had this type of mentality at one point in time in your life, unless, you know, you married your high school sweetheart, you just thought that there was something better out there for you, or you were just biding your time or, or whatever the case may be depending on your circumstance and situation. This guy, this guy just, he's, he's just, he's that guy that you just want to backhand and be like, knock it to shit off, punch you in the dick. Maybe you'll feel better about everything else going on in the world, except yourself. Have some perspective type thing. Yeah. And he played it well, dude. This guy mm-hmm. really played this guy like quite a dickhead at times, man. But he was also such and such a manipulator, dude. Like that scene yeah. where he just drops uh, on his best friends at the very last second as the girl's right about to walk through that door. Oh, by the way, she's coming with us, guys. But she's not really going to come with us. But and she's, she's going to come with us. And you guys are the ones that said we should bring her. What like, the hell? And Pelly's like, I'm in now. I'm in like a hot dog on buns. <coughs> crazy, dude, right? Just absolute craziness. But yeah, the guy, I mean, again, uh, you know, Christian uh, Jack Rayner. Um, I was looking through his filmography. I know I've, I know the films he's been in knowing the, the names of them, but I've never seen them. So I've never mm-hmm. seen this guy act, but for me, I thought he was good. I thought he did, did a really good job of playing all different aspects. Again, like when he's freaking out at the table and just really trying to compose himself. I mean, that, that looked like he was absolutely like losing control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, th- yeah, I thought, he, I thought he did a good job. Let me preface the rest of these people by saying, this cast there is more people that do not have a wikipedia than yeah. do yeah i don't know any of these swedish people that's the, the thing way. a lot of them are all a lot of them this movie when i say so we t- just to kind of call back real quick to the beginning for some reason i had thought this was strictly a hor- a foreign film and it wasn't it was actually a partnership between a us company and the swedish company and i think it was to go over there to film all this stuff to kind of use a lot of swedish actors and actresses so i think that's the reasoning for it to give it more of an authentic feel um, again, I didn't really look into much of it. So if I'm way off, then I'm way off. But, uh, but yeah, dude, a lot of this film was all Swedish and, uh, Swedish actors and actresses aside from the Americans, um, who aren't really American, right? Oh, are they would have British Florence Pugh is British. Yeah. I know she's British. Je- Jack Rayner, American born, but moved to Ireland at age two. Yeah. And William uh, Jackson Harper, he's American. Yeah, but will uh, but will uh, the Shermanator Will Poulter is English, so they're all oh wow, and they, that, their American accents are pretty good, man, pretty spot on. Um, and thankfully, they didn't go with the standard. Hey, man, let's go down there. Let's go over to there, Sweden, and uh, you know, shoot our guns in there. <laughs> Woo pew pew pew. Basically, um, they're not Yosemite Sam. <laughs> um, and Foghorn Leghorn. William Jackson, uh, William Jackson Harper. I just know him from the show The Good Place. You ever see that show? I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. It's actually really good. It's a pretty decent, the writing's really, really good in it. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
he kind of plays the same character, this kind of intellectual, you know, and it's a higher intellect too, not just kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm smart and nerdy. Uh, he, he's just like his character is in this film, except in this film, he's a little bit edgier. He's a little bit more, he's got a little bit more balls on him. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but overall, you know, he, when he plays this way, it's, it's at least because I've seen it this way already, it's easy for me to take in. It's like, Oh, he's doing a good job playing this. Cause that's what that character would be like. However, he puts his coffee in the microwave to reheat it. And I cannot support that no, under any grounds. Nope, never. I don't. My do, mom does that. And, uh -uh. Nope. I don't care if it's a two thirds full mug that went cold, pour it, get a new one, put it on the stove and boil it or something. Nah, don't, put it down the drain. I'm just going to do fresh. Drink it faster next time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it interesting fresh. note. Interesting note. Uh, if you've not watched it, you should, by the way, he is on, he is in uh, the Amazon vehicle for John Krasinski. Uh, Jack Ryan. Oh, it's okay. a really good show, by the way. It's only eight, it's eight hour long episodes per season, two seasons. He is in eight hour long first. episodes. That's a long episode, dude. Eight one hour long episodes, <laughs> asshole. Uh, but he's in two episodes. Uh, I'm assuming it's the first season. Hmm. It's a good show. It's a really good show. It's like young. It's like uh, Daniel Craig, James Bond. Yeah. In that it's the young Jack Ryan. Oh, all right. That's cool. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, Will Poulter, you said it already. Uh, you know he does a good job playing this asshole. He just he he's got the look for it, and so he he just fills in the rest. He's like he's Sid, right? He's Sid from Toy Story, grown up. Oh, what if he's grown up, Sid? <laughs> Dude, that would be an Doesn't awesome. Doesn't he retcon. look like him? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, every time I see him, I think of that. And and we are the Millers. Um, I never saw it, but he was in Bandersnatch. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. He was. He was. Uh, overall, dude, in terms of the rest of the actors and acting, what were your thoughts? I mean, the subtitles told me what they said. Mm -hmm. I mean, so the movie had them built in. Mm -hmm. um, I had to turn the subtitles off periodically because it was, <laughs> so say, it was speaking in Swedish over top of it. I'm like, I can't read it. Stop it. <laughs> Put it like at the top or something. So yeah, I can. Yeah. But um, I mean, they were serviceable. Their English was obviously that with a Swedish accent. Yeah. Or at least what the Swedish chef tells me is proper Swedish. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I actually work with a guy who is from Sweden as he likes to <laughs> introduce himself fresh off the boat. I'm like, I don't think that applies for Swedish people. <laughs> but, you know, gotcha. whatever you want to say. Um, um, but I, they were serviceable. They they got the point across. They costume design for them was, I think, very helpful as well. Yeah, I feel like the ones that, you know, the, all of these cult members, they, I mean, it seemed like they were, they were, right? Like you saw people who were doing these happy things and dancing and kind of playing together in the fields. Or when it came time to have that kind of weird blank stare where everyone's just kind of in silence, sitting and waiting and standing and sitting. It felt like a, oh, it felt like my first time going to a Catholic church and trying to figure out how mass goes. Wait, sit. No, oh, no, stand, stand now, stand. stand how long sit, do we stand? This. Okay, yeah. now we can sit. Uh, oh, we can't eat yet. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. You know what it reminds me of yeah. is in Hot Fuzz, <laughs> the greater good. Yes. You know, it, it's yes. it's like that. <clears throat> That's exactly what it's like, dude. Um, but yeah, so so I don't know. For me, overall acting was was on point on this film. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the sound soundtrack. No, no actual music tracks, right? This is all score and and score and sound, right? Because some of it's just kind of these weird orchestral, 
swelling, sweeping, whatever you want to call it, dude, these kind of textures that, that are literally designed to grate. It's like designed to grate on your nerves during certain scenes. And like I said, cinematically, like cinematography in this is so well done. There's so many of these like wide open shots, you know, slow sweeping shots, like slow crawling shots, tracking Mm -hmm. shots and the, and the orchestra that just kind of pushes you through it and gives you these kinds of like, subtle little it's it's when you need nails on a chalkboard it basically gives you that not yeah literally metaphorically but it's it does what you need it to do it invokes like i always say it invokes that proper response and you're like oh yeah the the sense of uncomfortableness the you know the the long drawn out stairs it gives you that you know yeah that proper tone yeah, dude, for me, it's it's definitely, we've said this many times, it's important, you know, it'll definitely set the mood for a film. You can have different, you know, if you were just sending me something this morning, the YouTube thing, Mandalorian uh, at the end episode where they have, I need a hero as the soundtrack, right? It changes it, but it also makes it even more inspirational, if you ask me. Like, watching that scene was like, this is really kind of freaking cool. All right, so that's not really part of the movie, or part of that show yeah, so yeah. I, I we have to clarify here i sent chris a video this yeah. morning someone overdubbed i need a hero to the last scene of the mandalorian season two yeah and yes it, it creates a completely different tone it's that's hilarious the point, right like when but, you yeah. watch the original episode mm-hmm. it's the cinematic score and so mm-hmm. it still makes you feel a certain way but with this kind of I don't know, something starts swelling inside you slowly when it's that cinematic score. Whereas this, with that music kicking in immediately, you're already like, oh, fuck. yeah, fast. let's go, dude. It's let's like, go. You know Here what's comes coming. our you're boy. Like... Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're super stoked for it. And so mm-hmm. it's very important how music is used in, in, in what you're doing because it can totally change what you're doing visually uh, and make you feel something completely different. And again, Ari's got this, uh, Ari's his name, right? Ari? Our, the 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 director yes writer director yeah. ari ari this, aster uh yeah aster's got this way of film dude his his and if you watch it you'll see it in, in hereditary too visually there are moments of such just kind of unease and tension building and this soundtrack this just this score is like this kind of it's an underscore. It just underlines those scenes. Like you're feeling this right now. And I told you this entire movie, almost the entire way through made me feel uncomfortable. It was because the music was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would wholeheartedly agree there. There's, you know, yeah. there, there's nothing else really to say about it other yeah. than you're not playing this soundtrack to try to fall asleep at night. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing the soundtrack ever. next to ever. <laughs> It's going to bring back bad feelings. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, dude. Let's get into the effects, the special effects. Boy, were there some practical effects in this film. I don't think we had any. We had no uh, computer, did we? Oh, Oh, yeah. Maybe we did. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, there were practical effects, like where she had her hand, her, her, basically her plastic hand on the, on the, on oh. the dirt, on the grass and then the grass was starting to grow up out of it oh, that yeah, was that's neat. right the trip scenes were, were, the, were... The, the tree when it the tree started moving at the beginning yeah. when uh when at the dance scene when she looked down and she saw the the, the straw starting whatever. to move yeah. up her feet um which that kind of was sort of a 
what was it? That was sort of a, um, I mean, it went with what the, the old mm-hmm. lady was saying, you know, about how the ground took these people over mm-hmm. and it, it crawled up and they had to dance and whatever. But at the same time, was that telling that that's the end result of how we saw Mark? Oh, right. Eesh. Eesh. But there Dude. were, there were some definite camera work, you know, special effects with, with the, um, the, the altered states. Yeah. portion of the movies which was great you know i thought it was it was done really well and then there was the practical then there was and so i was wondering is aster's new is aster going to be the george lucas like where in every episode the hand gets lopped off so in every movie of aster is going to put out you know it's going to be a head bashing scene at some point in that film <laughs> did not expect to see you know what i mean <laughs> Well, they didn't like, stop I knew either. Was, dude, I knew what was coming when you saw them going to that cliff. I'm like, oh, we're going to see just a suicide. That's what we're about to see. I did not expect the close-up of the mallet shot over and over and over. By younger like, and younger God. and younger people. God. Dude, that was uh, looked realistic as hell. It was just this... Ugh. Well, and that was the second person the first person that went when when like you saw oh, her her bounce. body her her just her carcass just bounce and oh. twist and and turn over you're just like oh my goodness like and there wasn't a cut from the time they went no. until i mean obviously there was but yeah but it was um i mean th- that's that's method right there if if that's what you you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's not a real thing but also i, I think mpa would sign off on that but also you know what you're expecting is kind of a cut away right like you're you're expecting that moment where there's going to be this and then seeing cut away and show reaction to somebody because that's typically how these movies work it's rare where they go all the way and just let you see everything Mm -hmm. and so this one is definitely and i think we should have known that if we're going into the guy that did hereditary that there was going to be some sort of kind of shocking gore in it uh but that was definitely shocking uh, and then the the blood eagle, the the whole thing with the dude just in that that. I didn't know he was thing. alive until he started wheezing. And and his oh, you didn't notice his lungs were start, felt like opening and closing slowly. I didn't know if like I didn't know if that was just to keep the tissue fresh. Oh, like they had some sort of automated valves or whatever. Yeah. But then he wheezed, and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Mm-mm. yeah so one of the things i looked up and after i watched this film was because if you look in the wikipedia you know it says it has to do with this neo-paganism so i clicked that mm-hmm. link to kind of go down the rabbit hole of how nordic long you spend there dude i was in there for a while dude it made me look at this movie in a different light now and seeing so many of the different things that they pulled from those ancient cultures and brought to this cult because a lot of it is based in reality so they did that the nordic you know pagans had this ritual in which you know the the punishment for somebody at one point was called a blood eagle where they split you down the back of your spine, open you up and pull your lungs out like wings uh, while you're alive. Um, Definitely not a a fun thing, I'm sure. But yeah, this is, it was, um, oof. But I wasn't, you know, and the other thing, I wasn't knowledgeable in terms of the, the May Queen and all of these other rituals that they do still have to this, you know, to this day, this May Queen festival. Um, I didn't know anything about that. So it was really cool kind of really going into it and reading about it, which gave me another perspective of the film. But yeah, the, the effects on this were were definitely, definitely realistic looking. There was, this was not RoboCop. 
I watched this movie right before bed last night. Oh my God. How did you go right to bed, dude? It took me about, I did some laundry. Let's just say I did some laundry in between finishing the movie, sitting yeah. there for a few minutes. The lights, I have automatic lights. They, yeah. they happen to go out and I'm like, I hate you so much, Chris Chavez. <laughs> and, but this was uh, a movie when I was done. I was like you. I was just sitting there going like, what the fuck did I just see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did I miss anything else in the special effects that was that we that we saw? Uh, I don't I don't believe so. I mean, most of it takes place outdoors, which yeah. I think maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that lends itself as well to the CG. Yeah. And especially with the detail that nature has versus, I don't know, a dark room. Yeah. But I think they did a very, very good job with overlaying it with, you know, film or however they, you know, captured this movie, yeah. film, digital, whatever. It, it, it looked, I can't say that anything looked awful at all. I no. think everything for the, especially for the budget looked amazing. Yeah, dude, it definitely looked amazing. Uh, and we, I've said it many times already on this episode, the cinematography blew me away. And, you know, and I feel like a lot of it has to do with the direction, uh, uh, you know, the director of photography or whoever's deciding that these are going to be the shots because stuff like that intro where you, you see the car coming and the camera just kind of goes down and upside down for a while mm-hmm. so that the sky is actually the road and the road's the sky. And, it, and again, immediately you're being it pulled into this slow feeling of not feeling comfortable now because even Aaron turned away. She's like, okay, I'm feeling sick. I can't watch that for too long. Just, just for it being upside down. That was it. And I was just like, this guy's going to be like the next uh, Kubrick or the next, uh, you know, Hitchcock who's really built on that kind of what you're seeing is part of the experience and not just us throwing a story at you and a bunch mm-hmm. of acting. Right. Um, yeah. Pretty tops on these, on, on the effects and, and, you know, camera work. Uh, what scenes, dude, are going to be sticking with you from here on? Any quotes that stuck out for you? Because it was one, I said it this morning, it made me laugh. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. I think I just ate her pube. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a fun scene. Um, Which you knew what was happening because right before that, like a few scenes before that, they show you this kind of art tapestry uh, of, of a scene weird. that shows how women get th- this whole ritual is, mm-hmm. you know, comes to a point where they clip their pubic hair, bake it in food and feed it to the person that's supposed to inseminate them. Did you notice that his drinking glass was a little darker in color as well than ever, or the, the liquid was a little darker in color than everyone else's? Yeah. I was wondering, did it have to do with her urine? That's, that's what I was uh, thinking. I think it was menstrual blood was Ooh, the inference. Well. well then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, um, well, you know, the blood eagle, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, where, um, somebody, uh, where somebody went all leather face with Mark's person, uh, and the, the quick cut where they hit Josh in the head with that, yeah. I guess it's the same mallet. Yeah. And then the quick dragging him away. Um, what else? I mean, there was, there was a ton of stuff in this movie. Uh, she's been approved to mate with you. What? Yeah. And, and like these girls just get up and just walk away and everybody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But they're literally in, putting flower petals down to lead him to the, to the way. No, that's okay. You could step off right there. You know, that's Sean Fritz didn't sign up for that. That's a little predatory <laughs> a little bit. I mean, that's a lot of it. Yeah, dude. How about the, a lot of this movie being uncomfortable feeling like mm-hmm. there's that a lot of moments when, so first of all, big uncomfortable feeling, 
this is a part of the world where at this time of year, it's barely, it doesn't get dark. It's kind of like that mm. Anchorage, Alaska thing when it stays dark for all the time, uh, you know, and then it gets, stays light. It's the same here. So there's no darkness. They have to all, they all sleep in this one giant room that have these super heavy shades. And there's a baby crying almost every night when you're trying to sleep. Like that already has that kind of edge feel, you know what I mean? So that, you know, I'll always think about that visually, just how this film looked. A lot of the kind of um, geometric kind of, you know, layouts of things, the way the table kind of looked and, and was positioned matches, with, with it that matches thing the in the drawings background. on the walls, like yes. every everywhere is the story is being told in the background, too. Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, for me, I think what, what sticks with me most is how visual this movie was, all of the different kinds of imagery that you were just kind of. And then it's not even like you're inundated with it. You're just kind of brought through it kind of slowly and kind of like here, just continue to accept a little more, a little more, a little more until you get to the end where you're like, holy crap. Which Everything is about kind it. of the way that the cult will introduce its... Exactly. It's um, whatever. It's yeah. uh, They indoctrinate it, you. It's level of acceptance. A little yeah. bit, a little bit, a little bit. You're never overwhelmed. You don't have to know... You know, you don't have to read if you become the May Queen, you don't have to say, and now I, whatever my name is, right? No different than the queen, insert name before me, and the right. queen, insert her name before her. And you know, you don't have to memorize that lineage of right people that you never knew. Yeah, it was, uh, it's really, it, it was visually again that for me is a very impressive film so that's what's really sticking with me the most about this i mean aside from just how crazy the film was in terms of story and what we just kind of went through mm -hmm. um and again like you said you know it was slow we were kind of brought in so by the time we we're seeing this dude stuffed into a bear we're not thinking oh god this movie is just going off the rails that's ridiculous right now you're just like oh i'm accepting this this is fucked up and you see this bear like the beginning of the movie we're just not going to talk about the bear he's like yeah it's a bear but it's in yeah. like a wooden crate and it's docile and everything yep. it's like what's but the weird part of since you bring up the bear at the end of the movie the mortician coroner whatever you want to call him is showing little kids how to you know how to properly dissect a bear mm -hmm. for their purpose yep the, that's weird so that 90 years from now when it happens again whoever they have passed the knowledge on to will be able to do it the right way well i guess they'll be just old enough to yeah, not be possibly, yeah. Not jump off that cliff uh dude i'm telling you this this was a this was pretty intense what did we didn't decide on this man what are we rating this movie on may queens out of uh, five i was may thinking queens? i was thinking bear sleeping bags <laughs> Let's do it. Bear sleeping bags. I'll let you go first. Oof. There's with this movie, yeah. there is a lot. There is a lot to a lot of understated things in the movie. Uh, the music is very understated, but it is it's not on Front Street at all. But it is it's there. And it, it adds to the nervousness, to the you know, just the level of what the hell. Uh, I mean, I watched on Amazon, it's free on Prime video, which was mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Um, it that's the 148 minute version. Yeah, that's not the director's cut. <laughs> 171 minutes. 30 more minutes, bro. What? Huh? Almost three hours of being made to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's like a that's I like watching the it, Irishman. Though. I kind of watch it over two it. days. I kind of want to see it. I want to see what else is in there. Perhaps <laughs> there's probably a YouTube video that goes over the you know the added whatever. Probably yeah. Some tell but, me about it. 
you know, two and a half hours for watching this was, uh, like I said, I watched it last night. It was, um, it was, I, I started watching it at eight. I didn't finish until 1130 because I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to pause this right now. At one point I was, I was like, all right, I need to stop watching for the night or I need to take a break. Yeah. And be just because it was, it was that intense and, and, um, you know, the cat wouldn't sit still. He was up and down all on my lap, off my lap onto the yeah. ottoman. I'm like, stop it. So, you know, that's not part of the movie, by the way. Um, just some of the fun things that were funny, like taking a piss on that dead tree. <laughs> and then the guy yelling, I'm get your disgusting American dick. Put your disgusting American dick away. <laughs> yeah. uh, and just the passion that he was yelling at it. Then for some strange reason, my mind went to, that's a funny quote, by the way. That's one of my memorable quotes uh, was it's the ancestral tree. It's not in the ground. How has it not petrified and started to decay at this point? Yeah. But, you know, so just the, the, un, the tone, the uncomfortableness, the American characters mm -hmm. sticking out like a sore thumb, the personalities of the different characters. And you were just like, Oh, well, he, is a dick uh the dream sequence where she woke up and they were all sneaking out and he's just looking back at her through the back of the car I'm oh like, yeah right. uh eventually you see the truck where they were where the truck only has one seat but it's got a big freaking bed in the back because it's a truck you couldn't have put someone back there um exactly that's why I like the, when they gave that thing my first thing would have been like i mean come on but and that was one of Aaron's Aaron's big arguments was like, oh, come on. They wouldn't have just acted that way. I'm like, yeah, but they've also been under the influence of psychedelics for a few days in a row, two or three days in a row now as well. They're all out of sorts. Mm -hmm. You don't even think about it. You don't think logically sometimes. You just have to be a little analytical. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the acting, the characters, the story was that slow uncomfortable meticulous burn that caused you were nervous you were on edge you were curious you were questioning you're also sort of accepting which i think is the same as the viewer that's probably the same you know mental thought logic that the characters were going through uh, you know different characters at different times i think mm -hmm. um you know and, and it just this movie is wild. Um, I liked Hereditary, and there were some twists and turns in that. I really liked this movie. A little longer. Was it overlong? Probably not. Um, I like like you. I'm, I'm the movie's so weird, so wild, but it's also so engaging mm -hmm. that I really want to know what what those different what what was cut. Was it just a longer shot? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, this this shot's too long. Cut it. You know, just there's the countryside. Beautiful scenery, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and the CG and, and the effects, practical effects, both were, you couldn't tell. The, I mean, if you're a dummy and you watch a guy get hit in the face with a mallet, it's probably not the actor. Just, I mean, unless he really was that method. But you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this, uh, that, that, um, I don't know why I'm going out on a limb. Uh, I'm going to say this movie, uh, uh, out of five bear sleeping bags, 
watch the movie you'll get it uh is uh i gotta go easily four and a half nice. maybe more i won't watch this again for a while though but it's 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 at least a four and a half for me out of five um least. yeah i echo a lot of what you said you know uh visually i've been saying it nonstop. cinematography this movie kind of draws you in and that's what that was what i was saying there's this uncomfortableness that's happening and you kind of go along the entire time on this kind of slow burn, but they do start feeding you little things as you need. Um, I liken it to being uh, on, on a highway that comes to a halt and starts crawling real slow. And you find out that there's a really bad accident ahead, right? So, you know, you're going to get to the scene of what may be a gruesome accident. So you're getting there and then there's a slow kind of anticipation coming. And then like, can you see it is that it right and you're getting real close real that's what this felt like it's uncomfortable and it, it was just kind of like like you said it sucks you kind of in and draws you in um two hour two hours 20 minutes i had a different experience with that two hours 20 minutes i remember looking up at the clock and seeing two hours had flown by and there was only 20 minutes left and i was like holy cripes like there's only 20 minutes left like this is getting ready to, to really all go down. And I think everything really goes down in the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, kind of like this, you know, mm -hmm. everything all at once. But man, I, I didn't feel like it was two hours and 20 minutes. And I think it was because I was very engrossed in it. Um, our, like I said at the beginning, Ari Oster is going to be this guy now that I'm, anytime I see his name, I'm going to be like, oh, I have to see that. I got to see what he's doing now or what's this next story, right? Uh, acting. You know, I think everyone was top notch. I don't feel like there was anyone that stood out as as kind of subpar, you know. Um, sound, again, like I said before, perfect, perfect, perfect soundtrack and score. Uh, for me, this movie for, uh, you know, what was it, Bear Sleeping Bags? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm giving it five, five Bear Sleeping Bags, man. For me, this is one that I definitely would watch again immediately, like kind of like to take in more, see what did I miss the first time around, just to kind of even look at it again visually, because, you know, I really appreciate that when I watch films. I like seeing the cinematography, the, the choice of shots, the choice of, you know, the, the one scene, dude, I absolutely loved because it, it told so much in just the one scene when he's getting his girl, his girlfriend's coming over and he's dropping it on his friends that this is happening. If there's no cuts, it's just one shot of us watching the friends sit there in that, you know, the, 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 the chairs and the, and the sofa. And he's behind the camera opening the door, but we can see the reflection of him and his girlfriend and this whole uncomfortable thing. Like we watched them see, watch him. We wa listen to him drop the bomb. We watch their reactions. We watch how they're kind of looking at each other while he's welcoming her. And then we watch the interaction with her and the guys through the reflection. You know what I mean? It was very kind of an uncomfortable situation. It's like being in a room where you know there's tension between people and they're saying things and you're just kind of in the middle of it. Well, one's behind you, one's in front of you, you know? Let me ask you about that scene then. Did you think at any point that she was going to walk up to the door because he had to buzz her in, right? Mm -hmm. So did you think she would walk up to the door and just basically be standing on the other side of the door as he was still t relaying all that and causing, did that create that level of uncomfortability that- Did she hear this? She gonna is hear this gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot happening there, dude. So yeah, for me, I loved it, dude. I thought this was great. And I'm definitely a fan of his work now. I So much so that I saw he had other short films he's done that I'm going to try to search out and look up and see if I can't find him online because I just kind of want to see his other stuff. You know what I mean? I'm really a, a fan of his two works already. This film proves that if you're this age, the, the, the characters, 
and you're talking to someone who is older than you, they know when you're not being 100% honest and truthful. Kids, I'm talking to you with my finger gun out. I don't know why. I'm pointing, but I'm using a finger gun. On an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, how mad are you? How mad would you be if I told you that you there was an opportunity for you to have purchased this mallet that was used in the uh, in the uh, lookout below scene? I did see that, dude. There was a lot of stuff that they auctioned off. They auctioned off her May, May Queen dress, that whole mm -hmm. big flowery thing, dude. That's kind of a cool thing, man. It really is, though. I mean, what are they going to? They're not making a sequel. I would. This movie doesn't need a sequel. No, it no, can no, stand no. alone. Yeah, if they did, that would be treacherous. I mean, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, all right, next week. I got to tell you, I can't remember. What did we say we're watching next week? Um. Oh, I know what it is now. Well, there's the one we talked about, which is Parasite. Okay. There's the Ritual, which is on Netflix. Another Norse movie, Norse yeah. based movie. Did you see that one? Oh yeah. Oh, I oh have yeah. Too. Yeah. I I'd watch it again. I've been trying to get the missus to watch it. Okay. She wants to watch it, by the way, which is weird. Okay. Uh, the third movie is a, let's call it a classic, uh, Battle Royale. Oh, oh man, that is a classic. Let's go. You know what, though? Let's go ritual. Let's kind of stay along this kind of pagan weird kind of thing happening. Let's go ritual, dude. So we're going to watch with ritual. Oh, my God. What the fuck is that? That's witchcraft. Huh? That's what that is. That's witchcraft. Is that meant to be a person? Well, with no head and antlers for hands. And if I hear anything coming down Don't the stairs... Don't fucking hell! I'm going downstairs to get that fire started. You guys can stay up here if you want. Yeah, good idea. Come on. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm on board with that one. It it falls into the honestly, it falls into this very same type of thing. And it's definitely does. It's I enjoyed it the first time I watched it, but it, it's been probably about two years. Yeah. But it is on Netflix. For I free. saw it right when it debuted on there. So, uh, you know, since then I haven't, and I'm, I, I can't wait to go back and see how I see it again now, especially mm -hmm. when I'm watching it to really, you know, soak into all the aspects we talk about. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, listen, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Silence Your Phones. We appreciate your support. Um, you know, head over to the website, BICBP-radio.com. Check out some of the other podcasts on the network. Make sure to tell them Chris and Sean sent you. Uh, other than that, I'm pretty much done. Sean's got parting words for you before we head out. Well, first of all, there's no text box to tell them that, that you were sent, but <laughs> spend all your time, click every link on there and look for it. Um, <laughs> or send but, them emails, send them, go, go to all of their, their Facebook page, all their social media. And just like, just so you know, Chris and Sean sent me. They're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you tell every single page that Christian Ingram, uh, <laughs> uh, because that he's on because he needs attention. Not really. <laughs> Um, yeah, the end might be near. So, you know, as always stay safe, mask up, be smart and stay out of Florida. And as always, it is now safe to unsilence your phones. <laughs>